This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Danny. And this is Tag. We're from The Treatment. And you're listening to Jay Scott from The Hook Rock Radio. Good evening, everybody. What's going on? What's shaking? It is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. I think everybody's warm now. I know, you know, I think late last week things started to warm up across the country, especially in the Midwest. So I think the worst of it is over, finally. And uh, now we can start looking forward to spring, which will be here in a couple of weeks. So excited about that. I know there's been some news about certain states opening things up, too, for live music. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or if that is just things opening up too early. And time will tell with that. The time will give us the answer to let us know if that was the wrong approach or the right approach. Nevertheless, I'm hoping live concerts are on the horizon at some point this year. Where that will happen, when that will happen, we still don't know. We still don't know what promoters are going to do, how bands are going to feel about touring, what the capacity levels are going to be. Each state is different. So it's a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. 
but I think there is some light at the end of the tunnel. Fingers crossed that I'm right on that, but uh, all signs are pointing up. Nevertheless, we continue to be an escape for you, talking music, music commentary, music interviews, music interviews, showcasing new music. And today is just like another day where we talk about new music, new bands, new artists. And we have from Michigan, just outside of Detroit, we have Sammy Bowler. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Jay. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, pleasure to meet you too, man. Thank you very much for doing this. Really digging the music that uh, was sent to me, I believe, by your management company. And uh, glad to have you on. Glad to talk music. So thank you very much. Oh, no problem, man. It's a pleasure. So like we start every episode, every time we have a new guest, we ask the same first question. And that is the essence of the podcast, which is just like every song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Ah, good question. Um, you know, I think for me, I know the moment I, I uh, really wanted to start playing guitar is when I saw, I saw the Panama video of Van Halen on, I think it was on VH1 Classic when I was a kid. But I remember that being on the TV and just going, oh my God, I really, I really have to play guitar, <laughs> you know? But, uh, I mean, I've loved rock music since I was really, really young. Um, the first concert I went to, uh, my parents took me to see The Who when I was probably, like, four. Um, and I had to wear those, like, uh, like noise-canceling headphones. So I was, like, really annoyed the whole time. But um, I, I, I've loved rock and roll for as long as I can remember. But I definitely know uh, the moment I started, or moment I wanted to play guitar was after seeing that Van Halen video. Where did it go from there? From that Van Halen video, what was next for you? Um, you know, we had like a lot of uh, like acoustic guitars around the house, but that's that's the moment when I realized I needed to get like an electric guitar and, and you know figure out how to play and start learning. Um, so after after I got a after I got a Strat, um, I started digging into I don't know I guess like that era of music first. Like I really loved um, the kind of next guitar player I discovered was Randy Rhodes. Um, and that kind of blew my mind, uh, after Van Halen, I guess, like some of the first Ozzy stuff I really loved. And then, um, yeah, I started digging into more of the classic stuff, man, like Zeppelin and Hendrix and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, I feel like, you know, moments in your life like that, it, it can really change the course of your life. Like I'm sure for you as well, you know, the first time you heard some of your favorite bands, it's like a pivotal thing, you know, in your, in your childhood or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still going. You mentioned Van Halen. You mentioned Panama. And, you know, that was a big moment for a lot of people growing up. You know, Van Halen was such a big thing, you know, for a lot of people growing up, including myself. You know, you just couldn't get away from Van Halen. They were everywhere. They were mentioned in movies. Their music was in movies. Everybody had the T-shirts, the painter's caps. They were, they were larger than life. They were probably the only band from that era and one of the few bands that are able to kind of jump into that that uh, that element of pop culture, you know, where they're part of the culture, not just part of the music. You play guitar, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you play guitar. You, you, I mean, your your focus, you know, your music is is instrumental. Was Eddie Van Halen 
a, a big influence for you as you after you heard Panama? Did it continue on, you know, listening to Eddie? Oh yeah, yeah, he was definitely my my hero initially, and uh, yeah, you made a good point, man. It's like Van Halen. Not only was he the innovative guitar, you know, hero, but he was also like he had such a huge impact on culture. You know that like that music, like you said, you know they were they were in so many movies, um, and like not only that, but like the way they dress influenced people with you know with David Lee and all that. Um, so yeah, I mean he's he's to me he's probably he's my number one for sure. Um, like after seeing that, like Panama is like toward the end of the David Lee Roth era, but. For me, that's what made me dig into like how I really learned to play guitar was trying to figure out like the first Van Halen album. That was like that was kind of my intro into transcribing music and and learning how to play. Yeah, I remember hearing that record for the first time. You know, obviously the, the album came out in '78, and I didn't hear it until like '82. I was like seven years old at the time, and I just remember hearing it and hearing Eruption and just. I couldn't figure out what it was that he was playing or how he was playing it. It sounded like it was from outer space. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time hearing that too. I, I remember just listening to it through, through a jukebox or something. Just like, you know, it's one of those things where you just rewind it, play it again, play it again. It's like, how is this even possible? Um, and for me, I remember the first time I saw him play it, there's a, there's a Van Halen uh, concert video um, called Live Without a Net. It's from the Sammy Hagar era. Um, but the solo and guitar sound he has on that whole show is just unbelievable. And especially the, the performance of eruption in that is just, I mean, just mind boggling. That's like one of his, I think he was really at the top of his game, like around that time. But yeah, he's just, he's such an amazing, amazing musician, man. Um, it's been hard, you know, since obviously, you know, he passed, uh, sort of in the last year, it was just. I don't know. I felt like I lost a really close friend or something or a, or a family member, you know, and I, and it's, what's interesting is a lot, I think a lot of people felt like that, you know, because his music meant so much to people. Yeah. I mean, Van Halen really gave in his guitar playing, Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing really gave a sense of wonder to music, you know, like you, you, you watch a movie and, you know, based on, you know, when that movie was made, but that was during the Star Wars generation, you know, 80, you know, 78 through the, through the early eighties. And that always captivated a kid's imagination and music, you know, I don't want to say it was stale, you know, back in the late seventies, early eighties, cause it wasn't, there's a lot of great music that came out of there, but it almost like Van Halen got to the next level and it, and it created that captive imagination, that sense of wonder that you got when you watched movies and when you had your imagination, whether it was in a comic book or a story, you know, the way Eddie played really, you know, like you said, you know, when he died, it felt like, you know, a family member. I, I felt the same way. It felt like part of my youth had, is gone, you know, and where, where, Van Halen records were was like a babysitter to me. You know, I go in my room, I listen to the albums, and I wouldn't come out for hours. That's I I felt the same way, man. Yeah, and the sense of wonder. Um, I've never really heard anybody put it that way, but you're totally right. Um, and I think that was a big thing with with just all you know with rock bands back then. It was like the only way you ever saw them was either on MTV or you had to go to the show. You know, and there was like this just kind of like. Uh, a shroud of mystery around them, you know. It was like they were just these like mythical gods. Whereas now, with 
with just the internet and everything, it's like you kind of know too much about everybody, you know. So it's like I don't know if if that that whole thing will ever really come back now, you know, where it's just uh, I don't know this mysterious godlike thing with with musicians. You know, after you saw the Panama video and you mentioned some other artists or other guitar players that inspired you, what what was it that made you want to perform and play music? Um, you know, I I've always I don't remember a time when, when I didn't really love music. Um I'm really lucky my parents are both musicians, so I've kind of got like I have a pretty musical family. Um and uh they put me in piano lessons when I was really young. I think it was right when we moved to Michigan, so I was like five years old. And uh, I liked playing the piano, and, and it's good when you're really young to learn how to read music and stuff like that, but I never really took it seriously. Um, but I don't know. There's something... I, I feel like even back then, even being that young, I just really always wanted to play guitar. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, I just, I just really, really loved the music. And then when I discovered rock and roll, it was just like, oh my God, this is, you know, I kind of found what I'm, I found what I really love. I, I found what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, when I feel so blessed, like that young to, to find a passion like that in my life, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's guided my whole life, you know? And that's, that's really an amazing thing about, about all the, you know, musicians we love is, you know, you can literally change the course of somebody's life with your music like Eddie certainly did that for me you know I'd have a totally different I'd have a totally different life if, if he never came around you know yeah it really is you know music has so many so many emotions in it, it has a, it has a way to express you know things especially you know being a musician and playing guitar you know maybe maybe for you you don't have the words to express what you feel but your tone and the colors and shapes of your music has that ability and and for someone who's young and maybe can't find the words or the emotions to express themselves a lot of times people find it in song in music and that's that's such a a great you know way to capture you know the the a fan a a mu- you know a music fan for life is to tap into that emotion that someone's feeling with your own emotion absolutely yeah and that's that's the thing man sometimes i I don't know what the quote is but i I, somebody said it somebody around somebody from like that era said it where it's like for me it's easier to be myself in front of you know twenty thousand people than it is to be one-on-one with somebody and that kind of relates to you know some musicians the most honest thing they ever do in their life is through their songs whether it's you know their riffs or you know for a singer their lyrics what they're singing about um, and that's, that's why you can, you can, I've always thought, you know, you can get to know somebody through their music, even if you've never met them or even if you aren't around at the same time. And that's, that that's why I think like, you know, you and I both felt such a deep loss when, when Eddie passed, you know, it's, you felt like, you know, he's, he's, you felt like, you know, him, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, cause you know, they, they were, like I said, part of the pop culture. I remember hearing about Van Halen and fast times at Ridgemont high, you know, Spicoli, hiring them to play at a party that he got, you know, the money from, I think it was rescuing Brooke Shields from drowning or something like that. I think that that's, was the way. That's that, so funny, man. Yeah. And I then, was just telling somebody about that. I was just telling somebody about that last night. Yeah, it's hilarious. And then you've got, you know, think about it. You had them in Back to the Future, you know, like, you know, when, when you know, Marty McFly is is sleeping in, the, in and, uh, you know, the, the spaceman comes in the, in the spacesuit and he puts the headphones on. That's Eddie Van Halen. You know, I mean, that was one of the biggest movies of that time. 
and you know just the impact that they had and and the influence they had you know is endless is is not there's no boundary to it i I always forget that that's eddie in the back of the future uh in the back of the future movies i just rewatched those during covid i hadn't seen them since i was a kid they're so good and what's funny is the the scene where uh, where Marty McFly plays Johnny B. Good. A lot of a lot of guitarists said that's what made them want. That's their first introduction to rock and roll. That's what made them want to play guitar. So many people have said that from watching from watching uh, Michael J. Fox just wail in that movie in that one scene. That's a great movie. I forgot how great those were. So as far as music goes, you released an album last year. Obviously, COVID hit and put a damper on a lot of musicians' plans of touring and getting out and marketing the record. What was that experience like for you? And as we do open things up, what are the plans for 2021? Have you decided yet? Do you know really kind of what path you're going to be taking? Yeah, um, I guess the first part of your question, um, yeah, my album came out in March of last year. It's like coming up on uh, I guess one year of being out and it was technically the first week of the lockdown when ever nobody knew it was going to happen. You know, uh, if everybody thought, all right, we'll lock down for a couple of weeks and then we'll be back to normal. We can still go out on the road this summer, you know? <laughs> and obviously that is not the case for anybody. Um, so it's, it's, it was a little bit, I mean, it was a little bit of a bummer, you know, for, for rock bands and rock music, you got to be out on the road playing. That's kind of how you, yeah, you get your music out there still, you know, it's like the only way to do it. But I feel really lucky because, you know, as a guitarist, um, a lot of the guitar community is online, you know, so I've been able to still, I feel like the album still had a, had a fair shake just because I've been able to do a lot of, just a lot of stuff online, like doing live stream concerts and, you know, doing playthroughs of the songs and stuff like that. But actually things are like, I, I would say like this week, things are starting to look up. Um, like I just, uh, like people are starting to plan for toward the end of the year, I'd say the past few weeks. Um, so I'm looking, I was just talking to uh, my agent uh, yesterday, actually, and we're looking like, it's looking we're going to go back out uh, toward the end of October as when we'll start touring again. So cross your fingers, but I, I'd say like toward the, toward the you know, mid-fall is uh, a pretty safe bet for the return to live music. What's it like in terms of creativity for you? I ask this question to a lot of artists that appear on this show because a lot of artists rely on living their life to be creative. Every day brings something new. Every experience brings, you know, inspiration or can lead to inspiration. And when you're not doing the normal things and you're not living life the way you normally live it, are you still inspired? Are you still able to create music? Um, That's a great question. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, to be... As far as songwriting goes, yeah, it's, you have to live a live a full life. Um, but I'd, I'd say for me, you know, a lot of my a lot of my music, um, the inspiration is, uh, I don't know, the past like five years or so, I've got I've been really into like Eastern spirituality and and books, and I get a lot of my inspiration from reading and and uh, from stuff like that. So like a lot of my songs, like even though they're instrumental, they're kind of um, they're kind of cloaked. In, they're really like kind of devotional songs, you know. Um, so for me, I I feel like even though um, you know you're not going out, and you're not seeing your friends, and you're not traveling, um, that that when that's your inspiration, you can kind of have it anywhere, you know. So yeah, I feel I feel like it's been a pretty creative time, despite you know not being able to see 
see my family and stuff like that. Even though it's been hard in other ways, like music's kind of been the rock for me, you know, through through all this. So I feel I feel really lucky. I feel really blessed. Do you feel like the tone of your music has changed with the experience? You know, when we think back of pre-COVID, you you know, like I said, are living your life normally. You're not. You're doing the things that you normally do. There's very few surprises, and then all of a sudden this happens, and things get shut down, things get locked down. You got this album that you're proud of that you want to get out and promote. You're unable to do that. Did that affect you emotionally? And then from that emotion, did that did that affect your playing in terms of what was coming out and how the fingers hit the fretboard? Um, I mean, I think you know, for me, or I, yeah, for me, you know, music, being a musician, it's a one day at a time thing, no matter what. Um, and obviously like, I think a lot of people, nobody really thought, you know, things could like, I would have never imagined if you'd, if you'd asked me a year ago, you know, well, things shut down for a year. I would have said, Oh, there's no way, there's no way that we, we could even do that. But, um, for me, man, you know, I, I feel so lucky just to be able to play at, you know, just to be able to play from, you know, at home even. And just the joy of playing is kind of the reward for me. So yeah, even though I miss, I miss playing live and, and touring and, and all that, um, you know, the, the joy of being a musician doesn't go away. You know, it, it, it sticks with you, you know, even when you, when you go to sleep at night or whatever. So I'd say, yeah, I, I mean, my approach to playing has changed. Um, over the past year like I'm always I'm somebody who's never you know I'm always trying to look for the next thing I'm always trying to searching uh, trying to grow you know so I think it's probably different than yeah if we had had a normal year but um, I don't know if I could say in in exactly which way I guess I'll never know when people write music and they put lyrics to songs they convey either a story that, that they've seen behavior they have observed or an experience that they have had and they put pen to paper they write the lyrics they're able to connect with that story and write that write those lyrics when you're writing instrumental music and you're relying on the guitar to speak for you how how easy is it for you to convey what you're feeling and the vulnerability of your of of what you're you're trying to say with your guitar when you're writing a song when you're writing an instrumental um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's easier than, um, any of the music I've written in the past. Um, like I, I kind of grew up in more, as more of like a traditional band guitarist, uh, you know, with a singer and all that. Um, but I'm somebody who believes, you know, even if there's no lyrics, everything you play on, everything you play has inherent meaning. Um, it doesn't matter on, on which instrument, guitar, piano, whatever. Um, so for me, I, I think it's, not only fun, but it's, it's just, uh, I don't know. I feel so lucky to have been able to pursue, you know, writing a whole instrumental album and, uh, and, and recording it, you know, I, and what's really interesting is you never really know what you're, where you're at until people hear it, you know, until it gets shared. But I've just been blown away by, by the response it's gotten and how people have, people pick up on your, the inherent meanings of the songs, even without lyrics. And that's something I wasn't, I, I'd never released instrumental music before. So I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, know how it was going to be received, but I just can't believe how, how people can, can understand, uh, you know, what the song, what the song means without, you know, having it written out 
you know, in the lyrics. So it's been, it's been really, really cool. And, and with instrumental too, yeah, the, the interpretations of the songs can be wide, but I think for the most part, people have really kind of, kind of gotten what I was, I was hoping out of it. So it's just, I feel so lucky. You know, when you're coming from a band, you know, like Citizen Zero into recording this album, this instrumental album, and, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of leading the ship, right? You're, you're guiding the ship in, into the studio and the music. What was that experience like for you to kind of have all this music that you're kind of creating on your own? Um, it was, it was really cool, man. You know, at first I wasn't sure I, I was doing it. I did the album more for fun. Um, like it started, I, I had a lot of, uh, like a lot of my songs are based on like two hand tapping more like clean, um, ethereal type rip. And, uh, I had just tons of them, uh, written, you know, and, and kind of arranged. And, uh, I started demo demoing them out for fun with, with kind of full band arrangements. So like my idea was, kind of to see if, if I could get a slamming band behind these more ethereal sounding uh, guitar sounds, you know. And uh, after I had a couple demos, I showed them to uh, my friend Steve Lane, who produced the album. And he said, man, you know, this is really cool. Like, you should you should record them. You know, we should, we should record them and see how they turn out, because I think it's going to be really cool. So after we did a few of them, uh, it's, you know, I, they, it was turning out, uh, it turned out awesome. And it was around the time, uh, my previous band was breaking up. So it's just, it was like the natural, it was like a really natural transition. You know, it was, it was a joy. It was a joy to make the album. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so psyched, um, that it, that it came out and, and how it turned out. I'm, I'm really proud of it. When you're recording this, I mean, I, I spoke to Nick Perry who just released his first album you know under under nick perry and the underground thieves but he said something that was really important in the interview that we we talked is that how he was able to not compromise anything with this record when he's finally in control did you kind of feel that same way too as well um a good question i i wouldn't say i mean i'm i'm somebody who I always like I, I I kind of when I'm writing music um, my my thing is like I'll just refuse to to leave it alone until it's exactly how I want it if that makes sense and for me it's more during like the writing process as opposed to the recording process like for me when I'm when I'm writing a song um, I just won't stop until it's exactly for, for me there's always the perfect melody or the perfect perfect idea to go on top of what you're working on. Um, so in a way it's like not compromising with yourself, you know, going, okay, it's good enough. I forget. Um, I'm really, I'm really into uh, movies and film too. And I remember I was, I was listening to this interview with, I think it was Ethan Hawke. I don't know if you're a fan of him or not. Sure. But uh, he was, yeah, he's awesome. But uh, he was talking about some director he worked with and he gave this analogy. It's like, and it applies to music too. It applies to all art. Like, a piece of art that you're working on is a is a sail on a ship, and every time you cut a corner, it's a little tear in the sail. So every time you cut corners, yeah, you can still make it to shore, but to make something like The Godfather or um, I don't know, you know, perfection, you can't have any tears. You can't t- cut any corners. That's how you make something that's timeless, and uh, that's something if you apply that to making records. 
I mean, there's a lot of, you have a lot of opportunities every day in the studio to go, okay, it's good enough. Let's, let's leave it. Um, but if you want to make the Godfather, you can't do that. You got to go until it's perfect until you're really, really proud of everything on it. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, would you, would you go back and change things now a year after releasing an album? Yeah. I think everybody that listens to their stuff would do that, you know, but I'm somebody where I, I, I'm all right with letting it be as is. And, uh, yeah, with, with this, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like it turned out how it was supposed to, if that makes sense. You know, the, the album came out last March, you know, it's been a full year since it was released have you recorded or written music during this pandemic? Yeah, I've been writing a lot of music, man. Um, I'm working on a new instrumental album. Um, and I actually have a new single coming out uh, at the beginning of April uh, that's just got finished, which I'm excited about. Um, so I've, I've almost got like a whole new instrumental album written. We just have to record the rest of it. Um, and I actually started a new band as well um, called Pharaohs. Um, uh, this great producer I know named Al Sutton introduced me uh, to this singer from Kentucky named Cam Clark, and he's just amazing. I'll send you some of his stuff uh, after we get off um, after we get off here. But uh, yeah, we started a band. We've written like a whole record, um, and we did a live stream on New Year's Eve that was really fun. Uh, I'll send you that as well. But it's been cool. You know, I, I feel really lucky because now you know you don't have to just do one thing. You know, in the music biz, you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, you can do a lot of different things. So I feel really lucky to be able to be able to keep, you know, keep rolling with the instrumental stuff and, you know, be part of a band again. Yeah, it's kind of become the norm. You know, it's kind of, you know, to have different projects going on at once or having a home base, you know, with a band or a solo career and then having these other things that you do outside of that. It almost you almost have to do that if you want to survive in the music business, because it's so different than it was you know, money is made much differently than it was years ago. And, you know, the more things that you have going on, you know, the more interest in you, the more interest in the band you're in, you know, will will become more if, you know, if more people are aware of you after you expose yourself like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's one of the, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like kind of downsides to, you know, the way the music business now. But I think that's one of the ups up, you know, one of the pluses is you, is you have a lot of freedom no matter what you're doing. You know, you can you can kind of you can really navigate through different things and do a lot of different things, which I think is cool. And especially as a guitar player, you know, it's like there's not a day you could ever be bored. <laughs> you know, being a guitar player because there's so many there's so many cool things and cool opportunities that come up all the time. You know, for sure, for sure. How do you think you know studying music like you did? in college how do you think that helped you evolve as a player um it's funny man i you i your ears must have been burning last night because I, I was talking to somebody about this as well last night um i think what it comes down to being being a musician being an artist of any kind um is knowing who you are that's what being an artist is and just expressing it um it's knowing who you are and knowing what you're not, if that makes sense. Um, and for me, like going, going to college was awesome. You know, it's like for a lot of people, it's your first time being away from home and you grow up a lot, you know, while you're, while you're in school. But for me, I was playing jazz guitar. I was, uh, my major was technically called jazz guitar and contemplative studies. So it was, um, it was jazz music and like, 
kind of the study of like meditation and spirituality in relation to improvised music, which is a really kind of unique uh, program, I guess. But as far as like the, as far as like growing as a musician while I was in school, I think it more, I think it was more figuring out what I wasn't, if that makes sense. Like I've never been a big jazzer personally. I love jazz music and improvised music, but I've never really enjoyed playing it on guitar that much. Um, so it kind of it kind of straightened me out to go okay I need to really focus on what I what I really love, um, but I love I was only in school for one year but I I mean I did love it you know it, it was it was definitely like a definitely a transform of transformative time for me for sure. I have to imagine too you know the more you're exposed especially when you study music you know the the more depth. Of, of playing happens, right? I mean, you become more of a, of a, you become a, you're the same player, but there's a little bit more depth in the plane. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always good to, it's always good to listen to new things and study, you know, music, maybe that, that, uh, you haven't been exposed to before. Like that's always a positive thing, I think. Um, yeah, and it's one of those things too, man. It's like no matter who you meet in your life, no matter who you play with, especially you know musicians you play with along the way, you can always learn something from them, no matter what. Like sometimes I learn a lot from you know like young guitar students and stuff like that. Um, you, you can learn from everybody you play with. So you know going to college, you know moving away from home, meeting all these great young musicians. Like I learned a ton. You know more than you know looking back on it now. You know kind of years later. It's, I, I really cherish those times in my life for sure. It's always great to keep stretching yourself too as a musician. And I know a lot of fans, they don't like when their artists, their favorite artists or musicians try something different or do something different because they want to keep them in that same box, you know? And you mentioned the band that you have developed during this time. You know, they had the, the solo album last year. How has, what are the differences between, in, in terms of music, between the band and the solo stuff? Um, good question. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, no, no, no uh, musician or band wants to do the same album 10 times, you know? Um, and that's something with my, now that I'm working on my second instrumental record, that's something I'm, I'm definitely conscious of. Um, like I want it to be different than what I've already put out, you know? And I think it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. It's, it's kind of diving into some of your other influences and trying to stretch yourself as far as you can go. Um, and that's, that's how you kind of break new ground, find new, you know, find new space to live in on my guitar, you know? But as far as the difference between my solo stuff and, uh, the new band, um, I'd say my, my instrumental stuff's definitely heavier. Like my, my instrumental stuff kind of borderline borderline metal or progressive rock i guess um and i would say the band is more it's more like indie rock alternative rock maybe kind of like heavier indie rock um but the thing is with being in a band it's it's how it, the four of you come together you know it's it's the it's the sound of the four the four people together and that's how you get magic being in a band you know it's and that's why, like, when, when maybe, like, a band will switch one member out, it, it completely changes the feel of it, you know, even even if it's more subliminal stuff. Um, I think for it to be in a really, really, truly great band, it's like four guys all have to be giving input, and then that's what creates the magic, you know. Um, 
so yeah, naturally it would sound it would sound different as opposed to me just writing all this stuff on my own like I do with the solo music. What do you need from another artist or musician that you know when you're in a band environment like you just mentioned? What do you need from them to help you create? That's a great question. Um, the thing I look for, um, you know, I feel so lucky. I've gotten to play with so many great musicians over the years. But um, I think the one, the one thing I really look for is just somebody who knows themselves and is confident being themselves. You know, like I like, I like musicians that, you know, they want to give their input. They go, hey, I, hey, let me try this. Let me do that. Like I love, I love when, when different players have an idea of. of how they think their part should sound or how they think the song should sound and, and go for it. You know, that's the, that's the main thing I look for is, um, is, uh, just, just knowing, knowing themselves. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel so, you know, now that I'm talking about it, it's like, I feel so lucky to, to have great friends that are like that. I think that's a big thing. Um, for me, like my favorite thing, no matter all, all of the, the people I've gotten to play with, uh, like, I'm so lucky, but, there's nothing really better than playing with your friends, you know? And that's, that's why I always go back to working on music with my friends. It's just, that's, that it, it comes through in the, in the recordings and live performances, I think, whether you realize it or not. When you're writing music with a bandmate versus writing music for a solo album, when you're writing music for a solo album, you're, you're pulling it out from you, from, you know, from, you have to pull your own inspiration when you're writing music with a bandmate, do you need that from another bandmate to help kind of pull something out of you, maybe do things in a different direction, maybe re-inspire you? What are the, the differences between writing music for both different styles of music? Uh, yeah, I do. I do like that. And that's why I like working with a producer as well. Um, like for me, I guess, my songwriting process is I'll usually write the whole song just on guitar by itself. Like the way I kind of do it is I'll start playing and I'll get, I'll get a riff going. And if you don't stop playing, the rest of the song kind of appears. It kind of shows itself to you. I guess that's the way I I think about it. The trick is just keep going, keep going until it all comes together. And once you have a few different sections of the song, you're, you're off and running, you know? So for like, for my solo music, for example, I'll, I'll get that going on guitar and I'll, I'll lay it down. And then I'll make a demo at home uh, with all the different th- instruments. Like I'll program the drums, I'll play bass, and just so I can get it, get the feel of the song. And I'll get it sounding as close to what you know a final version would sound like. And uh, with my with the last album, once I had the program drums and stuff, uh, my friend Dylan Wallace, who played on the album, he'd come over, we'd make a pot of coffee, and then he'd listen to my demos with program drums, and he'd just go, "Oh my god, dude, this is." this is nothing like what a drummer would play. You're an idiot, you know, and then he'd fix the demo, <laughs> um, which is awesome. That's what I need, you know, cause I'm not a drummer at all. <laughs> um, and then, you know, by the time we had a bunch of demos, it was really easy for us to go record it cause he knew the parts so well, you know, he had it all programmed out. And, uh, for being, for being like a solo instrumental act, like that's worked out great, you know, making, making good demos. And the, then the, the band listens to it goes, all right, here's what I would do. And I go, perfect. And then you lay it down. Um, with being in a band I think I'm convinced the best way to write songs as a band is to get in a room and jam you know that's that's how all of our favorites did it for you know since the beginning of time um, 
either somebody can come up, come in with a riff, hey, check this out, and then you all start playing. Or maybe you try to come up with it spontaneously. That's how, like, this new band's written a lot of the stuff is we just get in a room together and just start playing. And once you get an idea, you play it over and over and over. And it's just kind of like, it's like conjuring it out of the air, you know? It's, it's a really, really cool thing, writing collaboratively like that. Um, and I'm hoping to kind of write some of this next instrumental album like that, like to get together with the guys in my band and, you know, jam on some riffs I have, but kind of try to really create the magic in one, you know, in one space and time. That's, that's how, I think that's the best way to write music collaboratively for sure. As opposed to trying to do it with a computer or something. Are you going to kind of remarket the solo album, you know, when things begin to open up? Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, since it looks like we're going out in October, hopefully, um, I don't know if I'll have a whole new record out by then. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just, I've, I feel really lucky. I, I feel so lucky that, you know, I've been able to keep, keep rolling with it, even though, you know, we're not playing shows. But, uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like it'll almost be like a re-release. Um, like a couple months ago, we did a, a release on vinyl, the album, which has been awesome. And people seem to really like that. So maybe we'll do like another special edition of vinyl or uh, maybe do a special edition with, I've released, it'll be a couple singles by then. So maybe we'll do like a special edition of it with the extra singles on it or something. But yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll have some new stuff before we go on the road. And then what's the plans? What's the long-term plans for the band? Is that just a project? Are you going to take that on the road with you? Or what do you plan on doing with that? We will. Yeah, we're going to start recording it. Um, uh, it looks like April we're going to start actually doing the record. We have a lot of, we have more than an album's worth of demos, but um, we're doing it with uh, Al Sutton, the guy who kind of introduced us, introduced us. And um, he also, it's, we're working with the team that did um, uh, Greta Van Fleet's first EP and record. Um, Al's the guy who kind of helped discover them. So that, I feel really lucky to be able to, to work with them. I haven't worked with Al since I was really young, like 19 or 20 years old. So it's going to be awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited to do a record with him and just excited to do a record with, with my friends, you know. But yeah, we'll definitely take it on the road. I cannot wait to play live, to play a show live, because we've never, we've never played a live gig, you know. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. So hopefully we'll have something out with that as well by the end of the year. There's so much new music coming out in 2021. It's like a celebration of rock music, the genre. And I know rock music itself has kind of taken a back seat for a long time. You know, it really has been struggling to remain relevant. Um, I don't think rock and roll will ever die. I think that's just a statement that gains a lot of head headlines, but when you look at all the new bands and new artists that are coming out and look at all the new music that has come out already this year, late last year really is when it started. It's very exciting for a music fan. It's very exciting for bands and artists because I think the more that keeps coming out, it's almost like it'll be around everywhere. It'll be, I mean, there's going to be such a, such a, a huge presence of rock music throughout this year and into next year that I think when we talk about capturing the youth audience and capturing the younger generation, I don't know if they'll be able to get away from it, which is a great thing. But how do you feel about where rock music is right now in terms of having all this music come out and all these things happening and tours eventually will be happening too? I think it's a really exciting time. No, I, th I think rock music's in a really good place right now. Um, 
I mean, definitely, I feel like it's definitely more popular than when I was, when I was, you know, in, in school and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with, you know, there's been a few young bands that have kind of, kind of broken through and are doing well. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right. You know, as soon as, as soon as shows start coming back, I think people are just so chomping at the bit to get out and go out and see, you know, see the bands they love. I think it's just going to be awesome. And a lot, and yeah, you're right as well. A lot of the material, everybody's just been cooped up writing music, worked on records, but they've always, I feel like now, like during COVID, everybody's worked on the record they've been wanting to do forever, but they just didn't have time to until now, you know? So it's like, you're going to get to hear everybody's like dream records, basically, is the way I'm looking at it. And I think that's, it's going to be a really special, special thing when, you know, when we get, you know, when, when, you know, the country gets rolling again. Um. Yeah, I think, but I think the answer, like the first part of your question, I think rock's in a in a pretty good place, you know, and especially like just being a being a guitarist, like guitar is really popular right now, especially especially online, like Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. I mean, I know so many people. All they do is just look through their phones and look at new guitar players. That's what that's what my buddies do. You know, every day they're sending me new different players and new music and stuff. So I mean, we can't be the only ones. Um. So I think, yeah, I think, I think rock's in a good place, man. It would have been, like I said, like I said, you know, it would have been great if this past year, you know, ended up differently, but I think it's just only going to make for a better 2021. I've said this often that there has never been a time in rock music, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, where there's this much new music by this many new bands from so many different geographic locations. It is. Yeah, that's isn't that the isn't that the interesting thing, man? Especially especially with guitar players. I mean, I feel so lucky to have met you know musicians from all around the world, you know. And you don't even it it kind of doesn't occur to you when you're just looking at your phone, you know, that oh wow, I'm talking to somebody in Australia or you know UK or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like the world, the the music community is a lot closer together than you realize, you know. Yeah, it's just amazing when you think of the landscape right now. And it just, you know, in in the United States, all these bands are coming out of everywhere, you know, whether it's California, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Ohio, you know, Nashville. It's just like it's crazy. And then you look at Canada and there's so many great new bands coming out of Canada and there's bands coming out of South America, South Africa, the UK, Europe, Greece, Germany. I mean, all these bands I mean, it's it's exciting. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened before where maybe there were always bands in those areas years ago, but the the ability to be exposed to them, to be able to listen to them, I, I think that's so awesome. I think that's incredible um, where maybe the scene years ago was in L.A. or was in Seattle or was in Nashville, New York, wherever. Now it's the scene is global. I mean, it's everywhere. That's a, that's a really great way to put it. Yeah, you're you're completely right. Um, like I know I know for instance in Detroit, there's a great like um, like kind of local music scene, and a lot of cities they definitely have that. But I think as far as uh, it's like that, it's almost like taking that local scene thing and just making it global. Like you said, you're totally right. You know, I I found so many bands that have never discovered otherwise. You know, and it's just because of the the way you know, people, people discover music now. So it's, that's another one of the plus sides of the way uh, things are, you know, I yeah. think that how things have changed. 
Yeah, it's it's a nice mix because when you think of the new ACDC album that came out in the fall where I think everybody connected with it because it was such a, a perfect album for the time, right? I mean, everybody is doing the same thing every day. Everybody's staying home. No one's doing anything. And then ACDC comes along and drops this incredible record that everyone can kind of you know, gather around and listen to and enjoy and talk about with their friends. I think, you know, when you when you see stuff like that, and then you have this undercurrent of new music and new bands that is coming, and it's just slowly pouring out. Well, this year it's coming out a lot faster because there's new releases every Friday. It is very exciting to be in rock music as a musician, as a band, and also as a fan, too, as well. It's it's a great time for music. Yeah, it's like we we're really lucky because there's all these great new bands and new, you know, uh, kind of people pushing it forward. But we still have all the classics, you know. Like we're still going to be able to go see ACDC live, you know. Hopefully, uh, coming up here. Um, yeah, it's it's a I feel I feel lucky. I feel like this is a really great time for for rock and roll for sure. Yeah, it's like a perfect way to hand the torch off. You know when these older bands are are getting older and you know they're not going to be around when you think in 10 years from now there's not going to be acdc there's not going to be metallica 10 years from now there's not going to be these bands and which, you, which is going to suck but yeah unfortunately right. it's reality it, it, yeah, yeah i mean it does suck but it is reality but you know with with the new music that's coming it's almost like you know, the old guard is kind of winding down and the new guard of rock is, is the wave is coming. I mean, it, and it's such, I mean, gosh, I think about all the bands that I've listened to, I've talked to, I've had on this show and the other, you know, then it's sometimes I kind of pull my hair out because I'm like, man, I need to have this band on. I need to have this band on. And it's like, I, I don't have enough hours in the day to do all of it, but it's just exciting. It's, it's, it's a great problem to have. Absolutely. Do you have a Do you have like a favorite person you've got in an interview? Do I? Do you have, have any uh, like a moment that stands out? Like a, of a, of a new band or you know, or just just anyone? Yeah, and you're in your in your time doing this. Well, I mean, I've had the pleasure of interviewing George Lynch a couple times, which was awesome. I had the, uh, the chance to interview Joe Satriani, which was great. Um, you know, as far as uh, Newer bands go. Um, I've had Joyous Wolf on a couple times. I've had South of Eden on a couple times. Uh, you know, some new bands that are out there. So, yeah, Dean Castronova was a great interview. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I just love having the conversations that I'm able to have on this podcast and on this platform because everyone has a different perspective. Some may be similar, but none, no two are the same. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, so you're a big guitar fan as well. So you had George on and Joe. That's awesome. Um, but you're yeah, you're totally right. It's kind of it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier. It's like there's always something to be learned from whoever you meet in your life. You know, especially you know, musician to musician. You know, that's obvious. But I think you can apply that just to to everything. Everybody you meet. You know, it doesn't even if it's only for a moment. You know, there's always you can always uh you can always learn from from whoever you're whoever you're talking to. So that's cool. You yeah. got a good gig. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, you know, having Joe Satriani on and having him talk to me about how your brain files away memories and how your brain has a capacity of memories. I mean, you know, I had no idea we were going to talk about that during the episode or 
you know, have George Lynch talk about his dream project that he would love to do someday or, you know, Glenn Hughes talking about staying present, you know, and, and being able to, you know, not look ahead and just kind of stay where you are and accept where you are at that time, which leads to better creativity for him and all that. It's just, it's so interesting to hear different perspectives. That's so cool. Yeah. I think about, I think about stuff like that sometimes. Like I feel lucky I've gotten to meet some of my, or talk to some of my heroes as well, you know? And, uh, I don't know. It's just, you, you realize just from talking to them, just hearing them tell stories or, you know, talk about kind of like, you know, like I'm sure hearing Joe talk about, you know, how, you know, how the brain stores memories. I mean, that's just, you realize the experiences the guy that these guys have had from being in music, you know, 30, 40 plus years, whatever. I mean, it is just, it's just such, they've led such unbelievable lives, you know, which I mean, just the, the depth of their experiences alone, like even just being around somebody like that, it's like, you can, you can learn so much, you know, it's so cool. Yeah. And well, you have a relationship with Joe Satriani too, as well, right? I met him when I was young. Yeah. I entered like a, uh, uh, guitar contest, like a guitar cover contest. Um, it was through guitar center, but yeah, I got to fly out and like get to go to a master class with him and I got to talk to him a little bit. It was awesome. He's like just a wonderful guy. Um, and that's, that's the thing, you know, I think you'll find, like, I, I believe like the way somebody plays is a direct reflection of who they are, you know? And he's, he's a great example of that. Like he writes such beautiful music and he's, you know, just a beautiful person as well. So yeah, it was really cool. You know, being a fan of music, are you excited about any music that's coming out this year? Um, that's going to come out. Yeah. Uh, stuff I'm looking forward to. Good question. I was really looking forward to the Kings of Leon album, which just came out. Uh, I think it was last Friday. Okay. Uh, and that's that's what I've been jamming. That's just a really cool record. Um, I'd say that's probably what I was looking forward to the most. I really love like a lot of uh, like singer songwriter stuff as well. Um, like I really love. I don't know if you have you ever heard of Julian Baker. She's a like kind of like an indie singer. Yeah, yeah, uh, guitar player. She's awesome. Her album just came out. That's really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm kind of like overwhelmed. You know, it's like everybody's posting pictures and working on new music. It's like everybody, everybody you've ever listened to is, is putting something out coming up. So we'll see. But those are probably the two two records that I'm jamming right now. Yeah, I love the singer songwriters too. I mean, one of my favorite singer songwriters is up is from Michigan too as well, Brendan Benson, who I really like. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've heard of him. Is he? Is he? Uh, is kind of like a newer artist. No, he's been around for a while. Um, he's also one of the singers, co-singers for the Rank of Tours. Oh, oh, I know who that is. Oh, that's awesome. I've I've never listened to any of uh, his solo stuff. Yeah, his solo stuff is great. And of course, I like Butch Walker and Pete Yorn. Um, those are some of my favorites too, as well. Uh, Butch has been one of my favorite artists since the days when he was in Marvelous Three. Um, you know, he's a big time producer now, produces everybody under the sun, but he's got his own solo stuff. And uh, you know, just um, Butch, Butch is awesome, man. He's doing. I'm uh, I'm I'm buddies with uh, Steve Stevens, and they're doing a record. Him and Billy Idol are doing that record with Butch Walker right now. That's what I'm looking forward to, actually. <laughs> I think that's coming out this year. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, That'd be great. That's it's gonna be. It's supposed to be awesome. I, I haven't heard any of it yet, but he said it's, it's turned out really cool. And then, of course, I think I think an album that I'm looking forward to in March is the Richie Cotts and Adrian Smith album. 
Oh yeah, I haven't listened to any of that yet. Well, it comes yeah, out. They put a couple songs out. Yeah, they put a couple songs out. It comes out, I think, on the twenty sixth. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I really like the Pretty Reckless new album too, as well. I, I haven't listened to that yet either. I need to. Um, they're, they're they're nice. They're nice. So uh, we played a my old band played a festival with them uh, years ago now, but they were, they were really cool. I got to listen to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Taylor, Taylor's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, there's so much music, man. It's like there's not enough hours in the day. There isn't. There isn't. This year, I mean, I was joking around with somebody that I'm going to have to take like a second mortgage out to go to all these live shows when they start coming out because everyone's going to be touring. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be killer, and it's just going to be awesome. I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, Sammy, man, it's been a blast talking music, talking your music. Um, thanks again for doing this. Oh, uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's really nice to meet you. Appreciate yeah, we'll, it, Jay. we'll definitely do it again sometime. At any time, man. I'm here. I'm around. All right, all right. Well, everybody, that's Sammy Bowler. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. We'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.